Hey gang, this is Trent Chattaker, chiropractor and advocate for chiropractors who locate, analyze, and facilitate the correction of vertebral subluxation for the better expression of the body's innate intelligence. Welcome to today's tick, where each week we study a chiropractic principle, question, or chiropractor to help you acquire today's philosophy, science, and art of chiropractic. Thank you for investing your time with us as a student of chiropractic. Now let the class begin. The tissue cells of the body are continually subjected to universal forces. The effects of these forces upon the cell can be measured algebraically. If we divide these effects into units, and we can classify them as gains and losses. The gains are those experiences in which the cell successfully adapts to universal forces, and the losses are those experiences in which the cell fails to adapt to universal forces. The resultant changes caused by that failure to adapt may or may not be measured. When losses are subtracted from gains, that which remain are called survival values. In today's tip, we're going to grow in our understanding on how vertebral subluxation can develop as early as infancy. And as you listen, make sure you share us with your friends, classmates, and colleagues. And feel free to tag us at today's tip. When talking about kids in chiropractic, the question often arises is why? Why bring your child? Why bring your infant? Why bring your baby to a chiropractor? The easiest way to answer that question is by looking at the cause to subluxation, which is what the chiropractor is attempting to help your infant or baby with. And so there are many different causes and many different responses to those causes of subluxation, just like Joe Strauss talked about in that initial quote, all based on adaptation. But regardless of the specific cause or the response to that cause, we can look at universal principles or laws and apply them to how infants, children, and teenagers respond in those situations. So looking at how vertebral subluxation can develop as early as infancy, we can use the law of supply and demand and the law of cause and effect and discuss this through the lens of a chiropractor and helping a young child with chiropractic adjustments. So as early as conception, stress can begin confronting the fetus. As discussed previously, uh, the law of supply and demand in relation to the cause of subluxation can be applied to determine how that demand of stress alters the supply of physiological healing as early as infancy. And whether there's adaptation or compensation to that, and we can use the law of cause and effect in relationship to the cause of subluxation and apply that to infancy as well to determine what specific causes of stress alters the physiological response of adaptation or compensation to it. So these two universal principles or laws can be applied to any age, including infants and fetuses grown inside mom, through delivery and into the stages of infancy, children, or babies, children, and moving forward into teenagers. I see lots of 
children in my private practice and I enjoy helping young children because I feel like there's a common connection with the entire family in the goal with care. The goal with care is so vital in understanding why bringing your child to a chiropractor matters. So when looking at the question as to why bringing your infant into a chiropractic office for a spinal analysis as at a young age, the answer to that question could be because of stress and their ability to adapt to it. And if they're not sufficiently adapting to stress, then they can potentially be living with what chiropractors are trained at locating and correcting, and that is subluxation. And subluxation can be tiny and subluxation can start at a young age. And that's the point of this episode is to discuss uh, that when infants and chiropractic benefit from each other, there is a known fact that stress is confronting all ages and all stages of development. Due to the fact that we see children in our office, we can apply a basic inductive reasoning that that could be affecting your child at home, even if your child isn't under chiropractic care. And so, yes, infants and babies encounter stress, and it's a lens that I encourage more and more parents to open up to because infants confront more stress than any parent gives recognition to probably because the parents are under more stress than they've ever been under and confronted with as they're raising that child at home. And if you think about that concept, most parents are trying to adapt to less sleep, more unknowns, and just the physical day-to-day demands of having this tiny living, breathing infant under their guard. And with all that stress on the parent's plate, you got to imagine that infants are experiencing just as much or a rub off of that emotional roller coaster due to what the parents are going through. I mean, the, the intimate connection between mother and child is a, a known fact. And so if mom is stressed and producing stress hormones, you got to imagine that those stress hormones and that emotional stress is rubbing right off onto baby as well. So let's consider how stress may be negatively influence infants right before the parent's eyes. Just do a few examples here. Have you ever heard a baby cry because they're hungry? Well, this process of communication, it's a process of communication, but the process itself can become a form of stress on the baby's well-being if you think about it. Just think about have you ever been hungry for food, uh, so hungry that your blood sugar drops drastically and before long your attitude and behavior turns for the worse. You see, our internal body chemistry has a profound impact on physiology and when babies get hungry, this can become an emotional and physiological stressor on their overall well-being. What about sleep? How's your well-being? How's your attitude? How's your health after a poor night's sleep? Losing one night of sleep might not affect all of your well-being to a point that you can notice, but add a few consecutive nights to it of loss of sleep, and now you're seeing physical signs of fatigue, which can greatly impact your well-being. And sleep is just as vital for infants as it is for adults. And so look back on or maybe look in because you're in the phase right now of raising an infant on 
how their sleep can be drastically affected by waking up for feeding and waking up for just the emotional support from mom or dad. To play fairly though, some families and infants may be adapting to all this physical and emotional and chemical stress at home and growing up and developing in a great environment. If you're one of those families, I applaud you. That's not what it was like when I had my two kids at home. And the point of this disclosure is to say children have amazing abilities to adapt to stress. They have amazing immune systems to ad adapt to the environmental stress. But being aware of the concept of stress and the potential threat it plays in creating havoc on well-being is the point of this episode and the point of you, the parent, being aware of the fact that it's there. It's there and it could be affecting your child is the point. And for the purposes of awareness and education, there is most likely a fair percentage of infants and children compensating just fine to the day-to-day -day demands of development. And if that any compensation takes place throughout the 86,000 seconds a day, that's the point of the chiropractor helping your infant or child. If there is compensation taking place to stress, compensation meaning they're not adapting and the well-being, the normal state of well-being and homeostasis and health is suffering due to the fact that the stress is outweighing the ability to adapt to it, then a little known thing called vertebral subluxation can develop. And we talk extensively about vertebral subluxation in other episodes, so I challenge you to jump on a different episode that's going to go into greater detail on that. Today we want to focus on how stress can affect your infants. And the point of today is stress is all around us, and our youngest generation is growing up with it, probably more now than ever before. I've heard studies say that the children nowadays grow up with enough stress to put uh, the older generation into a psych unit if they would have grown up with that amount of stress. And so if you got to imagine that adaptation is taking place to the current stress load, that's great. Our bodies are amazing. But then we also have to be aware of the fact that infants, baby, and children are living in this world and the demands on their well-being is or could be potentially putting them in a, into a state of compensation no different than what the demands do to adults. We currently have too much on our plate and we require so much of our well-being that the amount of investment needs to increase in order to keep up. And being aware of these principles that we talk about with universal principles such as supply and demand and cause and effect and applying it to your infants at home or your children at home can bring greater awareness to the fact that their tiny little spines may not have optimal tensegrity within it. They may not have optimal functionality. There may be areas where tension's building up and that tension leads to what we term subluxation which is specific tension on the nerves, nerves being the body's key
component of adaptation which can create more compensation if that's developing without you being aware of it. So the effects of subluxation on their well-being may go unnoticed and often do go unnoticed due to the simple fact that we are unable to measure relative aspects of well-being. Relative aspects of well-being uh, such as going from 100% optimal well-being and full of vitality to 95% vitality. That's a relative change before any major physical signs present themselves in the form of symptomology or a form of science. A loss of relative aspects of well-being at an early age may take months or even years to show up before the physical signs that compensation has taken place have occurred. And so the inability to measure the loss of relative aspects to well-being can create a false definition of well-being altogether in our youngest generation. You see, our perception that if our infants and children are not suffering from physical signs of compensation to stress must indicate that they're well and whole, which we know are not true. We know that as a healthcare profession, we know that across the board, our country suffers from being in an optimal state of well-being because we play homage to this idea that signs and symptoms are key indicators of functionality. The two don't mix. We discussed this on other episodes that you can dive into as well. We know with certainty you cannot determine the quality of well-being by the degree of the presence or absence of symptoms. We know that as an industry. And so this could be a wake-up call for you. could be a wake-up call just for you in general to pay more attention to your overall state of well-being, regardless of how much pain you're in because pain is a poor yardstick to measure well-being. So if subluxation has developed as early as infancy in your, in your family, finding a chiropractor with a practice that is focused on evaluating for subluxation in infant spines is the first step in correcting the problem. Chiropractors are trained at creating safe and effective adjustments in all ages, and it's your best bet to actually have the less need of chiropractic. And that's a common myth is that once you start, you need to keep going. And that's a myth. It's actually the exact opposite. Once you start seeing a chiropractor, your body actually starts adapting to stress more efficiently, which requires less chiropractic adjustments in the long run. It's a form of consistent momentum changes which create a stronger you and so chiropractors are trained at this proper analysis of correcting subluxations in all ages including infants but I would challenge you to find a chiropractor that's passionate about helping the younger age because they're gonna be more in tune with with those unique chiropractic adjustments for that age and so when you find that chiropractor your job as a parent is to listen to their recommendations, but on top of that, I want you to take your mindset and focus on the fact that the law of supply and demand and cause and effect is not just affecting you, but it's also affecting your young 
younger ones. So overlooking their well-being by paying attention to signs and symptoms is not going to create the best results with your chiropractor and your infant or child. I recommend, I recommend to my clients taking a proactive choice, which is bring them in to get their spines evaluated on a regular basis, regardless of runny nose, regardless of ear infections, or regardless of aches and pains or digestive issues. Not that any of those signs are not valid in the need for chiropractic. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is try to get ahead of it. Try to be proactive in the fact that signs and symptoms are typically the last thing to show up and the first thing to disappear in that deviation away from wholeness. So there's my two cents on infants in chiropractic. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I look forward to spending more time with you on our next episode. Thanks. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode as I did. Let me know what you enjoyed about it by tagging us at Today's Tick on social media. And if this is your first episode, please subscribe. Leave us a review. Reviews help us spread the message about chiropractic and the location, analysis, and correction of vertebral subluxation. Share this episode with your friends, classmates, and colleagues. Be a champion and send them this episode. As B.J. Palmer said, you never know how far reaching something you think, say, or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. As always, we like to end our episodes with the definition of chiropractic. Chiropractic is a healthcare discipline that recognizes the innate recuperative power of the body to heal itself through identifying and caring for vertebral subluxations due to the relationship between structure and function as coordinated by the neurological system and how that relationship affects the preservation and restoration of well-being. This information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, mitigate, or prescribe the use of any technique as a form of treatment for any physical conditions, symptoms, or diseases. Directly consult with a qualified healthcare professional for any chiropractic or medical advice. In addition to the benefits of chiropractic care, one should also be aware of the existence of some risk. Risk associated with some chiropractic care may include soreness, musculoskeletal sprain, strain, and fracture. In addition, there have been reported cases of stroke associated with chiropractic care. Research and scientific evidence do not establish a cause and effect relationship between chiropractic care and the occurrence of stroke. Rather, studies indicate that people may be consulting chiropractors when they are in the early states of a stroke. In essence, there is a stroke already in process. However, you are being informed of this reported risk.